Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Should you attempt to hedge your finances against a future Corbyn government? The rising popularity of the Labour leader is rapidly moving up the agenda in conversations between the UK's wealthiest and their financial advisers. We take a look at the tactics some are considering. You can never be too rich or too thin, or can you? Rich People's Problems columnist James Max tells us why he won't be wasting his money on a gym membership this January. And did you serve champagne or Prosecco at your Christmas party? Ed Bauscher joins us to explain why more of us are celebrating with cut price fizz. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you this week's money news in downloadable form. While they might be considered unlikely to vote for Jeremy Corbyn, the growing popularity of the Labour leader is rattling the UK's richest. Technically, the next general election could be four or five years away, but many fear a snap election could be called if the current Brexit-bruised administration takes a wrong step. Joining me to discuss in the FT studio is James Pickford, Deputy Editor of FT Money, who's been writing about this topic this week. Morning, James. Good morning. So if Labour did come to power, what kind of tax changes specifically are people worrying about? Well, there are the ones that um, they've already hinted at and talked about. So it's not just actually the uber rich. This is higher taxes, uh, income taxes proposed on people earning more than, say, £80,000 a year. There are other taxes around sort of the, the restoration of higher corporation tax rates. And there are sort of general worries or fears among people who are consulting the people we've spoken to, financial advisors, tax advisors, about things like capital gains rates. One of the things that Labour's talked about, particularly as manifesto, is a crackdown on tax avoidance, which obviously every party always talks about. But there's some interesting little variants that they've mentioned. So hints that it would make tax returns public for people earning more than a million pounds a year. It's also said it wants to see trust ownership publicly disclosed. You can see the advantage of that in terms of tax transparency, but advisors uh, say that this could make life very vulnerable for beneficiaries of those trusts. So what kinds of tactics are the wealthiest and their financial advisors thinking, if anything, um, about doing ahead of a potential change of government? Well, what we're hearing about in these conversations is what you generally hear about when there's any hint of a tax rate rise, which is people taking income earlier or taking dividends earlier or bringing forward, or bringing the, forward you know, the realising of capital gains. Take it now while you can be certain of the rate. You may not be certain of it in ten, five, ten years' time. And that includes things like the entrepreneur's relief, which gives you an effective 10% tax rate. You know, If you're an entrepreneur and you're, say, in your 50s and you might have been 
thinking of going on for another 10 years before you're selling the business. People are now having conversations with their advisors where they're thinking, well, actually, let's do it now while we can be sure of the regime. Gifts to children. Mm. Um, Inheritance. Inheritance, yeah. You know, if you can make those sooner before there's any hint of a wealth tax or uh, the introduction of, say, a land value tax, then people are thinking about that now. And your specialist subject, of course, James, is property. Now, in the past, Labour has talked about a mansion tax on expensive homes, but the party avoided mention of that term in its election manifesto. Yes, and you might think this would give relief to homeowners. And in fact, you know, there are reasons to think that a mansion tax might be tricky to impose. But of course, you never know when a government gets in, they have perfectly have the right to introduce new legislation, new measures when they take office. And so it's quite possible they could change their mind. That What they have said in, in their manifesto is that they will explore the idea of a land value tax. And that could, of course, mean higher taxes for people who own expensive properties. Um, state agents are telling me, and mortgage uh, brokers are telling me, it's happening now, the kinds of conversations that are going on. is people in central London choosing to rent rather than buy because mm-hmm. they don't know, they can't, they're slightly unsure not just because of Corbyn and the possibility of Corbyn, but all the other uncertainties surrounding us with Brexit and the global situation, that prices of property will continue to rise. So, well, why not let's just rent instead? The other thing people are doing is, of course, fixing their mortgages because now uh, rates are particularly low. Well, that's something even non-millionaires like you and I can do. And uh, with any change of government, there are always winners as well as losers. And we shouldn't forget that one of the reasons Jeremy Corbyn has become so popular is because of the financial pressures in particular that young people have been facing in their lives. Absolutely. There will be groups in society that would be expected to benefit from a Jeremy Corbyn government. Students, for instance, Labour has pledged to abolish tuition fees and to reintroduce maintenance grants. So you could imagine that would be a very popular move for aspiring students. And their parents. (laughs) And their parents, yeah. Lower earners might expect to benefit from any rise in spending on public services. And then, of course, Labour has planned this massive expansion in house building. And if you're a first-time buyer who's trying to purchase a house in an area of very expensive housing where there's a squeeze on supply, you might think that that would, would help you buy a home. And, of course... The flip side of all this we shouldn't forget is that it's not just Labour that's talking about higher taxes or different kinds of taxes, but other parties too are starting to have conversations about taxing wealth, not just income. Well, if one doesn't get you, the other probably will. Thanks very much there to James Pickford. You can read our cover feature this week, How to Hedge Your Finances Against a Future Corbyn Government, in the FT Weekend newspaper this Saturday, or read us online at ft.com slash money. Have you ever made a New Year's resolution? Perhaps you've already broken it. Invariably, they involve abstinence, diets, gyms and exercise. But James Max, the FT's Rich People's Problems columnist, thinks it's all a colossal waste of money. Welcome, James. Thank you. Nice to be here. So let's start with that off-quoted phrase, you can never be too rich or too thin. I don't think you can. If you think about it, in terms of how and what makes people happy, increasingly, if you look back in history, 100, 200 years ago, the fatter you were, you know, the more wealthy you were, the more profligate you were, uh, the more you were able to entertain and have sort of rich and all sorts of foods and entertainment and all that sort of stuff. No more. It's all about being thin, fitting in designer clothing and having more money than you know what to do with. In the sense that if you look at anybody who's very wealthy, uh, they'll always tell you that 
that they haven't got enough money, they're poor, they want to do this, that and the other. So uh, I think the rich thing, people want to be richer. And in terms of being thin, I've never met anybody who has said or admitted that they are too thin. I've met many people who either others uh, identify and say, oh, you're a bit fat, or alternatively, they know they're too fat. <laughs> and how do you apply this to yourself as you explore You explore this delicate topic in your column this week? Well, indeed I do. And I work on the basis that I'm certainly not rich enough and don't have enough money, so there's always a hunt for more. And in terms of being thin, this is a perennial problem. I, I describe myself as a fluctuating fatty, which is something that I've come to sort of become used to. It was, you know, as a child, I was uh, growing up, I was a, a bit of a chubby child. and Billy Bunter. Billy Bunter. The, the yes, yes, I thought I'd say it until somebody else did. And I was. And then I think after my first year at university, I suddenly thought, I've got to do something about this. And I did go on a diet with some assistance, and it really worked. And I think what that's allowed me to do during the course of my life is to realise it is mind over matter or mind over fatter. Uh, you've got to do something about this, and you have to do it yourself. You can spend loads of money if well, you want yes. to. You can come up with all sorts of fads and make it sort of as if you could buy this and do that. There's no quick fix. And to be honest, a lot of the stuff that we are persuaded to do by people in the market who are very clever and just do this hold a mirror up to yourself because you can never be too wealthy or too thin. They make you feel self-conscious about yourself. You'll go into various clothing stores and they'll have all these slim fit this and so, you know, I have to get fat fit. And when I have to get fat fit, and you start to have this tension between uh, cloth and button and <laughs> you have to realize that either you're going to have to buy that double xl or guess what you're going to have to go on a diet and do something yourself and defat so in your defatting this year you won't be going to the gym no because in the past i've been to do lots of different exercise the first time i lost weight i actually combined it with doing some running and that is a hideous existence i don't like it i don't like runners i don't like walking past runners when this runners that attacks you i don't like that i don't like their mentality and i don't like the injury that you get you hurt your feet you end up with feet which are like sort of sort of pummel stones you know they're sort of covered in calluses and things and knackered and horrible and ugly and uglier than feet are anyway so there's that and then there's all the hurt and then the, the washing so if you go running three or four times a week that's a lot of dirty washing that you, and the disgust and then it smell never goes horrible surely the butler no, could handle the washing for you james but that's just maybe or the cleaning lady so what so, so, um, so there's not that so what lower cost ways of slimming down do you recommend to the more cost conscious list among us eat less it's really simple i mean the thing is that we're persuaded that we should do all this juicing or that we should eat kale or we should eat all these sort of like healthy snacks and that rubbish if you just eat less so when i've been on a diet and i've been successful about it getting the mindset that you're going to do it making sure that you don't have meals before meals don't buy the snack food the crisps the chocolate the ice cream all that sort of stuff if your proclivity is towards alcohol guess what you don't buy alcohol you don't drink it you don't buy alcohol you save money so I guess my thought process is partly behind what works and also about most of the fads that people come up with when they say, oh, there's a new diet. Oh, guess what? There's a book. Rubbish. Don't buy it. All this stuff is online if you want to have a look at it. And in fact, there is no one diet that will work for everyone. You, we all have different tastes and you've got to work out what you like, because as soon as you do stuff that if it tastes horrible or you hate it, you won't do it. And similarly with gyms, people, yes, I'm going to go to the gym. And unless you're really strong minded about it, guess what? You'll spend the money, you'll sign up to the contract, the money goes out the door, you won't go and it'll be, you know, 
pounds and pounds and pounds that you add on because you don't go. And then you get into a psychological block. I must go to the gym. I must go to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. Oh, and then you go and it's horrible. And, and, and the, the Veruca pit, as you yeah, pointed out, well, in the, the showers. The cheaper the gym, the more gross it is. And also the more of a complex you'll get because the people who really do go and they're super buff, you will never be like that. You will never, ever be like You do not have time to get the best I ever managed was a two pack. That's the best. And that was going every single day, working hard at it. I will never get a six pack. And there are people in there who've like lived in there since birth. And they're awful people. And they're boring. (laughs) Boring, boring people. So no, I am not doing the gym. I've done the expensive gym. The one that was over 500 quid a month. Oh, it's lovely. I mean, you go in there. Seriously, it's a lovely place. And the towels are lovely. And the soap products are lovely. And the apples are lovely. And the things and the machines. And they wipe them down after you've used them. It's lovely. But even if I went three times a week, 46 weeks a year, it would cost me 50 quid every single time I go. And in fact, if you go to the supermarket when you're not hungry, you don't buy processed food. You buy natural ingredients. You cut down the meat. You will save money. Use that money to go off and buy yourself something lovely when you've dropped a clothes size. OK, well, thanks very much there to James Max. You can read his rich people's problem, Can You Ever Be Too Rich or Too Thin? now at ft.com money or in the weekend news paper this Saturday. If you popped a cork in celebration before dry January began, chances are it was Prosecco rather than champagne that you were drinking. The freelance journalist Ed Boucher has been examining the huge pop in sales the Italian fizz has enjoyed since the financial crisis and joins me now to discuss. Welcome, Ed. Good to be here, Claire. Thank you. So the data shows us we're all drinking much more Prosecco. Certainly true if you ask me. Yeah, just a massive, massive increase. If you go back 2008, we were drinking something like 10 million bottles of Prosecco a year. Last year, 2016, I should say not last year, we drank 76 million bottles, more growth in 2017. So we've got a growth there about seven times. Amazing. But why has Prosecco taken off? I think it's partly it's so cheap. It's a nice, cheap, easy way to have some bubbles. It's also become particularly popular with women. And I think there's just been a cultural change. People are drinking sparkling wine more often. And Prosecco is the cheap option and it's the fun option. It's been marketed as a good fun option. The Italians behind Prosecco have got this message out, perhaps more effectively than the Spanish who are behind Carver. And, you know, I was was struck over Christmas, went to various lunches with friends and family and the first time I've ever been to a meal where people were drinking the sparkling actually with the main course people almost can't be bothered now with the with the conventional red or white wine they just want to carry on with the sparkling Prosecco is the cheap option and they've certainly done a better job of marting the drink the Italians than the Spanish have done with Carver but what are the champagne houses doing in response they are sort of moving more to quality I mean champagne sales over the sort of the last 10 years in the UK are pretty Pretty much flat. And in the Champagne region, they're shortly going to hit the maximum amount of production, the maximum capacity. So if you've got Prosecco at the bottom, cleaning up at the bottom, it makes sense for Champagne to move up market. And indeed, the Champagne industry say to me, we don't mind about Prosecco. It's getting people, it's an entry level sparkling wine <laughs> drink, and then people will move up to Champagne. The one other option for the industry is to actually redesignate the Champagne region and say there are fresh areas of France that could grow champagne and therefore they could increase production that way and sort of stay in the mid to lower part of the market. But to me, I think it makes more sense to concentrate on quality and the higher margins. Well, thanks very much there to Ed Bauscher. You can read his chart that tells a story article on this topic in FT Money this weekend. That's it from the FT Money show this week. To get in touch with our writers or ask our team of experts to look into
into a financial dilemma, just email us. Our address, money at ft.com, or tweet us at ftmoney. And don't forget you can read all of the articles mentioned and more on our website at ft.com slash money. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.